Welcome to SEL Unfiltered. If you are a teacher, counselor, or educator looking for additional SEL resources and encouragement, you are in the right place. Stick around to empower the SEL guide in you. This week, we are continuing our series on overcoming the impact of COVID. This series, we are looking at the impact of COVID on SEL skills and how to recover and excel from those deficits. Today's episode, we are going to do Fun Fact Friday. We are going to take a look at how we can reverse apathy in our students, and we will finish things off by answering our question of the day. I am your host, Michelle Shepard, and I am joined today by my trusty co-host, Caitlin Baldwin. We are just two middle school counselors in the trenches wanting to share our unfiltered SEL tips and tricks that we have learned and developed over the years with you. All right, so let's talk about the nitty gritty of reversing apathy. So some of you might be thinking, what exactly is apathy? Because it's not a term I feel like we use frequently. True, right? So apathy is a lack of interest. Like you've lost your spark of excitement for something. So when we think about it, we were all stuck at home for quite a while, right? We didn't know what the heck we were doing as educators. We were scrambling to try to learn how to do e-learning. Students had more freedom at home. It was starting to get warm outside. So, you know, maybe they're playing outside more, things like that. And just everything was different. And now we're getting them back to in-person learning and maybe they don't have that spark anymore that they once had going to school. Very true. Very true. Before we dive into all of that, let's do our game of the day. Woo! So today we're going to do a game or an activity called Fun Fact Friday. And I love this because it gives kids the opportunity to investigate their interests, find silly facts that are just random and interesting to them, and it gives them some ownership in the game. So essentially, you just allow students to share a fun fact on Friday. You might set this up ahead of time where you pick five students, you go around the room and let anyone who has a fun fact to share, share, however you want to do it in your classroom. But the kids really start looking forward to it when they know they're know that it's coming mm-hmm. and they'll start looking up facts to share with everyone. That's cool. I even like the idea maybe of like having them each write down facts and then you could like draw them. Oh, that's a great idea. That would be fun. I love that. So today's fun fact that we are going to share with you. Did you know that the king of hearts and a deck of cards is the only king without a mustache? How many of you are going to go look at your cards now? Right? I wish I had a deck right here to look at it because I did not know that. Yeah. I I do want to look at that. Interesting. You're like tempted now. I want to know how many people go look at their cards. Right? Don't trust me. Go look at your cards. That's a fun game. Figure it out. Yeah. And the facts like, that the kids come up with are hilarious sometimes. One of my students said once that a man ate an entire airplane. And I was like, What? And he said, yeah, I forget how long it took. It took a very long time, but he like ate it. Like how? Little, put it in little pieces and ate it. I don't know. He was very adamant that it was a true story. I mean, he could have totally been lying to me, but I mean, the kid really believed what he was saying. Wow. So wherever he read it, I mean, it took like years or something, but gross. I don't know. People do weird things. This is true. 
I think it was like a personal plane, not like a 747. Okay. Like, I was like, wow, that's so big. <laughs> no, like a, like a small airplane. Still, but though. still, it's disgusting. <laughs> Guess like those people who eat light bulbs and stuff. I just don't know how that doesn't like tear you up internally or something. So I had a student once, like a, an adult student, tell me about eating light bulbs. And apparently there's a way that you do it. You, break the glass a certain way in your mouth and then you have to take each little piece of glass because it's just sand and grind it between your teeth to turn it into sand before you swallow it. We learned it at some magic show. I don't know. It's very bizarre. That is weird. But I think that was my intern. My current intern actually told me that. Oh, so interesting. Yes. But moving on to reversing apathy <laughs> enough about our weird thoughts of <clears throat> eating gross things. Right. <laughs> The quote for today that I found was the most effective way to do it is to do it (laughs) from Amelia Earhart. I'm like, just do it. Right. To the point. How much do we want to just look at our students and be like, oh my gosh, just do it. Right. It'll be easier if you do it than what you're actually doing. Yeah. They don't usually listen to us, but (laughs) for all of you that are in the same boat and you just want to shake your students and say, just do it. It's kind of where we are. Apparently, Amelia Earhart feels the same way or felt the same way. (laughs) Yes, she did. So there are lots of pre-COVID studies out there that report that apathy is a major issue in schools, especially high school level. But looking at our student data currently, we are seeing an increase in apathy from post-COVID return more than we saw prior to COVID. Just students not wanting to do any work. Students taking Fs because they have multiple, multiple missing assignments. Mm -hmm. Not because they're not capable. Some of them are perfectly capable of doing the work. They're just choosing not to. Some of them, I think, are struggling to do the work. And so they're choosing not to. But yeah, I think once they see so many missing assignments, they're just like, oh, they're done. Yeah. They're in a hole. They don't feel like they can get out of it. Why try? Mm -hmm. So, but... I think some of this is from, like you said, in your nitty gritty, working at home, you were a little bit more self-paced. You got to do it at your own time. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really homework because you were at home and you just finished it and you were done. Right. There was a lot less structure that way. I mean, some people met at a certain time online for their classes, but it's not the same as being in the building and at school. Mm -hmm. And we offered a lot more grace during the COVID time, I think, for missing assignments. You had longer times to turn it in. You maybe didn't have as many deadlines. I think the work was a little less rigorous. Mm -hmm. It was less workload. Yes, less workload. And it wasn't as difficult. And I think the expectations now have returned to what they were prior to COVID. And so students are stressed. They're in school. They're stressed. They're not used to the workload. Mm -hmm. They're having mental health issues. They've lost. They have holes in their learning. So now school is just hard for them. Really, really hard. So with all of these factors, increasing apathy is so important. And so, or not increasing apathy, reversing apathy is so important. So what can we do to decrease apathy and reverse it so that our students are getting things done at school? Okay. So let's talk about ways that we can try to reverse apathy. So we've talked about this in throughout this series is meeting students where they are. We've said, you know, they're kind of a year and a half behind, so they're probably not quite at that grade point level yet. So meeting them where they are. So academically, social, emotionally, like all of that, you need to kind of see where they're at. 
Another thing we can do is address the learning deficits. So the tutoring, remediation, extra help in small groups. So all of these are things that we can do to kind of get students back to where they are. And if we do that, the apathy would return because they're not feeling like they can't do it or overwhelmed, that anxiety piece, all of that. And another big one is making school fun again. And that's where SCL can come in and play a big piece. If you do those take fives, those little games, anything like that, like making school fun for these kids, even if it's just something like going outside for 10 minutes and running around. We just a few weeks ago did at our school an open gym so the kids could come in the gym and just play basketball, throw the football, run around and Oh my gosh, they the smiles that so we saw. so happy. So just finding little ways to make school fun. Even maybe you make competitions within your classroom. Things like that. I love competitions. I know. There's so many things that you could do to make it fun and just create that spark for them. Another big one would be creating relationships with your students. So we kind of talked in this series about, you know, those nurture groups, <clears throat> community time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Things like that, that would help a lot as well. Absolutely. And then teach your students to have a growth mindset. And we talked about this last week of being able to accept that things are hard and that's okay, that they can still work through it and they can continue to work. It's okay if they fail the first time. It's okay if they don't get it the first time. It's okay if it's hard. It doesn't mean that they're stupid. It just means that they need to continue working on it. So really emphasizing that growth mindset and things, simple things that you can say, like, I appreciate the effort that you put into that. Wow, you tried really hard. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, oh, good job or oh, bad job or that wasn't good. Comment on the effort that they're doing because you want them to continue to put in effort. It doesn't matter if they did a good job or a bad job. Yes, we want them to do a good job, but ultimately we want them to learn how to put forth that effort so they can continue to work when things are hard. And then teaching them about goals and strategies to overcome obstacles. Set goals with your students. Have them set goals for themselves. Use the SMART goal method. Is it specific? Is it measurable? Is it accomplishable? Is it something they can actually do? Is it um, time bound? What are those SMART goals for your students? Can you set those up with your students so that they can work towards something and have something to work towards? And then once you set up the goals, teach them how to overcome obstacles because we know that there are going to be obstacles. When you set a goal, how often do you just get to it with nothing that gets in the way? If I want to lose 10 pounds, um, I'm going to face a few ice cream cones along the way. Like, right. what am I going to do when an obstacle shows up in the way? What are your students going to do when an obstacle pops up in their path? And how are they going to overcome that? And I feel like this is a good one to do the individual obstacles, but also even like as a class. Yeah. I think that would be great to talk about with them. And then like they have to work together to overcome that. Ooh, I love that. That's wonderful. And you know, the mind trick has some really awesome lessons on setting goals and overcoming obstacles. And there's even in the program, there are grade tracker sheets with goals. So your students who are really struggling, there's a grade tracker sheet in there. And then like a self questionnaire where they can kind of pinpoint why they're struggling in class and what goals they can set to help overcome that. And some of our students really need that individual attention. Mm hmm. I agree. So that would definitely be helpful for them to be able to have those trackers. 
And then what motivates your students? And this is something you're going to want to work on with your students. How are they motivated? Are they motivated by a prize at the end? Are they motivated by a grade? Are they motivated by just the knowledge of doing something good or accomplishing their goal? And everyone is different with what motivates them. Are they motivated by food? Many of our students are motivated by food. Right. Or maybe motivated by like they have a choice to do something. Something fun. Like free time to do something. Yeah, I know some of our teachers do like free Friday and the last 20 minutes of class, if they have no missing assignments and they have all their work done, then instead of working on those missing assignments, they have free Friday and they can play a game or they can play something fun on their Chromebook. Mm -hmm. And to some students, that's very motivating. Uh, We use fake money in our school where students can earn fake money for doing things. And then they have a store where they can buy stuff and they have the option to buy different activities. They have the option to buy different things, school supplies, fidgets, fun things like that. So even though they're older, you might need to go back to some of those strategies that worked in elementary school of sticker charts and maybe but it works. stickers, but something yeah. that fits your students and every student is different. Then on to our question of the week. This is our last segment of the show. And this is where we want to hear from you and answer the tough questions. We are SEL unfiltered for a reason. So email us your questions at podcast at the Today's question. I have a small group of teachers refusing to do our SEL lessons. What do I do? Hmm. That is tough because I... Being completely honest, I feel like it's probably going to be hard to get buy-in from every single person in your school building, right? Yes, yes. I would agree with that. In a perfect world, everybody would be passionate. Or maybe they do have some buy-in, but, like, not that, like, passion of, like, this is... Yeah. Yes. Like, you're like, I know SEL is great. I don't think everybody has that like you and I do. But... (laughs) What we can do with these teachers is let's meet with them and ask them, like, how can I help you? Like, discover what is difficult for them. Like, what is making it hard for them to teach SEL? And sometimes once you figure that out, you have solved the problem. Like, if you can overcome that obstacle for them, then it's not an issue anymore. Right. And that might be the easy easy fix, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe it's more than that. So then maybe working with your administrators and doing walkthroughs and taking the time to sit in the classes as those teachers are doing SEL. Like I know I last year as a counselor had to teach a class and I was not a teacher previously. So I had no no background whatsoever on standing in front of a classroom with kids all the time. And it was hard to get these kids to buy into what I was doing, even though I was passionate about it. Sometimes that's hard too. Like I then kind of was retracting and feeling like I wasn't good enough. So maybe that could could be teachers are feeling that as well. So I think knowing like asking for help is okay. So whether you're looking to your counselors or administration, I know I went to my assistant principal at the time and said, Hey, can you please come sit in my class with me while we do these fun activities. Like I just don't know how to get them engaged. And he came in and showed me some tips and tricks and it worked. So just knowing like if SEL maybe isn't quite your passion or you're struggling with how to implement it or, you know, what to do, 
reach out to somebody because maybe you have a great approach, but it's just not the approach that's working. And if somebody else is there to help give you a different idea, it might make it where you're excited about it again, too. That's great. I mean, perspective is everything, really. Like, you can have a bad day and somebody can come and talk to you and put a whole new spin on things and your entire outlook changes. So maybe just that opportunity to change some perspective and know that they're not alone and that they're being heard. Mm -hmm. I agree. This has been SEL Unfiltered. Thanks to our sponsor, the MindTrek SEL program, guiding people of all ages to make the impossible possible by giving them the tools to overcome stress, build stronger relationships, and climb their Everest. You can find them at themindtrek.com. If you have feedback or want us to answer your SEL questions, email us at podcast at themindtrek.com. We would love to hear from you. Join us next time to empower the SEL guide in you.